Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of new Ganda Fan Podcast show, Kings of the Court. So Kings of the Court is one of three new shows that I'm launching here on the Ganda Fan Podcast. Uh, the, the intention behind this is I want to create shows on my podcast that are that are a dedicated stream of new content uh, for for the things that you're interested in. So now, if, you know, for you NBA fans out there, you know that every around every month or so, you're going to get a new Kings of the Court episode where we get to dive in and talk about everything going on in the NBA at that point in time. There are a couple of other shows that I'd like to announce as well. The first one is called The Stinger. The Stinger is going to be dedicated towards, if you're a fan of Marvel, Star Wars, any other quote-unquote nerd culture kind of franchise, that's going to be a a show on this podcast that you're going to want to listen to uh, where we'll break down kind of new, new shows coming to Disney Plus or new movies dropping in theaters. And I'll talk more about that when the first... Uh, episode of the stinger releases and then the the other show that i'm announcing is called the practice squad and the practice squad is dedicated to the nfl so you know for you football fans out there that is going to be a show that revolves similar to this nba show kings of the court around the nfl and what's happening in the league at that point in time We'll talk about the actual games themselves, and we'll we'll also dive into some of the rumors off the field that may be going around as far as trades, draft stuff, um, free agency as well. And I'm very excited to talk more about those once I do release the the first episode for each of those. But this is Kings of the Court, um, and today joining me on the podcast, as he now frequently will, is my good friend Alex Bolins. He will be a featured guest here on the Kings of the Court show. We're excited today to talk about the trade deadline. Uh, last week, I think it's been over a week ago now, the, the trade deadline passed in the NBA, and there was a frenzy of moves. Not necessarily blockbuster deals, but I think some really, really important trades for contenders, uh, even for teams that may not be contenders but are trying to to kind of catapult themselves into playoff contention. Uh, I'm looking at you, Chicago Bulls. I, it, was a, it was a pretty sweet day as a Bulls fan to see Nikola Vucevic be, be shipped out to Chicago. The Bulls have two All-Stars on the roster now. That, that, hasn't been, that has not been a sentence I've been able to say uh, for quite some years now. The Bulls have been bad for a long time. I'm hoping, I'm hoping this trade starts moving things in the right direction. But we'll talk about almost every move that was made on trade deadline day and where we think the teams that made deals, where their trajectory is going after this. We'll also talk about the Lakers, who are without LeBron James and Anthony Davis right now and, as you can imagine, are are struggling without those two players. And we'll we'll get to talk about who we think has the best chances of winning a title post-trade deadline. So without further ado, get ready to listen to Alex and I's discussion on this first episode of Kings of the Court. Okay, joining me on the podcast now 
doing our first every uh you know co-host together of the new show kings of the court it's alex bolens my fellow king of the court how you doing my guy <laughs> pretty good josh how you doing doing well doing well um we have a lot to talk about today the last time we talked we were discussing all-stars and now the nba trade deadline has already come and went i feel like the season's flying by man yeah it's going by fast i remember we did uh little all-star uh, snub draft last time <laughs> yeah and uh we just yeah we just passed the trade deadline and it um yeah it just seems like the the, the last month month and a half of the regular season you know it just feels like it's almost upon us so yeah i mean like march madness is almost over too like i i feel like you know the playoffs approaching things are definitely heating up a lot and i feel like there was a lot of attention on the trade deadline this year in the nba like there's there's definitely the favorites looking at the Lakers and the Nets as like the major favorites for sure. But um, it just felt like if some of those other contending teams made the right move, it could almost elevate them in a way that challenges the Lakers and Nets more than in years past. You know, in years past, we'd have the Cavs and Warriors in the finals every year and it was just a given. But um, I don't know. I don't think it feels that way this year. Yeah, I think um, especially in the West, you know, with uh... – the Lakers stars being out for a considerable amount of time. Maybe some of the, the teams out there think that maybe they can take a shot at, uh, you know, cracking through the Western Conference and maybe uh, making it to the finals. So I think it'll be uh, competitive. And I am um, I was glad to see that there was um, plenty of, of good moves that uh, that happened at the trade deadline. Yeah, there definitely there definitely were. We're about to we're about to get into all of them um, to, to preface. This is like i said earlier in the intro and whatnot this is our this is the new kings of the court show here on the gan the fan podcast alex is my my nba expert on the go um and so and so this is going to be what we talk about most of the time we might we might get into some college hoops every now and then real quick i i have to i i would be remiss not to mention this as we just found out the final four of March Madness, but Alex is in the lead, or at least tied for the lead, in a couple different bracket challenges going out there right now. Yeah, I'm uh, barely holding on by a thread in uh, two of the groups I'm in. <laughs> um, I'm either first or tied for first, but um, unfortunately, I picked Illinois to win uh, the whole thing. Which is wild that you're still in first, knowing that you picked them to win. <laughs> yeah, I picked Illinois to win, and I'm like second to last. So there's a big <laughs> difference on all the other, all the other picks going on in there. Yeah, I'll probably end up losing, as it looks like uh, Gonzaga is just gonna dominate everything, and um, I'll probably end up, you know, being at the the back end of the the pack. But um, it's uh, still something I've been uh, holding on to, and um, there. <laughs> There is a path to victory in both the pools I'm in. Um, I can still technically win in both of them, but uh, a lot of a lot of things have to happen that don't seem very likely. So you're saying there's a chance? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Man, yeah. So that you know, just for all the all the listeners at home, this is the kind of expertise that you're getting on this podcast. Is we've got we've got a, a mastermind on on this podcast knowing truly what is happening ins and outs of the game um so okay let's let's get into the trade deadline the first question i have today alex uh there's a actually i felt like a pretty good amount of moves maybe not super blockbuster moves but still like 
things that move the needle for some teams. So with that being said, who do you think was the biggest winner at the end of the trade deadline? Mm. Yeah, it's a tough question. And yeah, I do think, uh, I feel like with social media these days, we just see so many people uh, using Photoshop and putting just about everybody in a room or on a different uh, jersey, either a Nets jersey, a Lakers jersey, or, you know, <laughs> a Heat jersey or something. So it just feels like, uh, you know, you see so many concocted ideas that it kind of, you know, diminishes maybe what you see in real life. Um, but there, there were some, uh, there were some pretty good uh, trades, and I think there were some definitely some winners in this trade deadline. Um, let's see, if I'm gonna have to pick a winner of the trade deadline, I'd probably pick uh, maybe the Heat. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, Miami. Yeah. All I, right. Why? Why the Heat? Um, I really like um, the Victor Oladipo edition. Um, you know, being a Pacer fan, um, you know, I think uh, being able to pick up um, a, a previous All Star for what they they paid for him, I think, is a steal. Um, I know he's been off a, been on a few injuries. Um, but I still think um, he's going to add a lot to this team. I mean, they gave up, what, uh, A.B. Bradley, Kelly Olenek, and then a pick swap for him. That's nothing. Yeah, I mean, pick swap, okay, so they still keep their pick. Um, and then, like, I don't even think A.B. Avery Bradley or Kelly Olenek was really seeing any serious minutes for them. No. At this point. No. So um, they're going to add a solid solid starter for them. Um, or he might come off the bench. I'm not really sure what they're going to do. Oladipo? Yeah. Oh, I guess he could come off the bench. Yeah, with because they've got Hero and Butler that kind of man the wings right now. Yeah, but they're just gonna add you know just more depth to this team that already has you know that's really their their calling card is just depth. I feel like and that you know just whole Heat culture. Heat culture, baby. Um, I could I could see them make a run at least to the East Conference Finals again. I, I'm not sure if I could see them beating the Nets. You know, yeah, um, out of the East. But I mean. You know, this was a team last year that surprised a lot of people, too. That's right. So, um, That's right. you know, run it back, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I could see it, though, and I think, um, you know, Pat Riley in charge of this organization there, I think uh, he seems always to make a smart play. He so. does. It's amazing what um, what they've kind of done with this team. I mean, like, two seasons ago, Dwayne Wade was retiring, and, like, I can't even think of who was on that team before Jimmy Butler got there, you know, like other than Dragic and um, I don't, I maybe because, because Bam out of bio was drafted in the, in that same time frame. The, the makeover that the heat have done to their roster in the past two seasons is crazy. I mean, to, to bring in a superstar like Jimmy Butler to get the kind of uh, growth and development out of young players like Tyler hero and, and bam out of bio and then to and then just this is like icing on the cake oladipo doesn't even have to be the same oladipo he was in indiana but just adding i think just adding him elevates them a ton i think i i I mean not like i'm not like you said i don't know if they would beat brooklyn in a in a seven game series but they're better today than they were before the trade because they didn't have to give up anything that that's the craziest part about it um and I think, I think, um, I, I want to ask, where do you think Oladipo is at this point in his career? You know, like he obviously he had the All Star season in Indiana. He got hurt, then he gets traded this season, and has kind of just, I don't know, disappeared a little bit because he was playing on the crappy Houston Rockets team, and and now he's in Miami, which is where he wanted to be. So like, where, 
I don't know. How do you see? Do you think he's closer to the All Star form that he was in two seasons ago, or, or further from that? Yeah, I think he is, and I think um, maybe we saw um, a little bit less of him maybe in Houston. Um, maybe that might be due to the fact that maybe he was in a situation where he didn't want to be. Yeah. Um, and um, maybe that affected it. Um, I feel like lately we've seen a lot of uh, All Star caliber players move to a team that they want to and become more successful or a better yeah. version of themselves per se. Yeah. Um, much like, you know, James Harden. James Harden. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking that too. Um, so I think, I think him being in the environment that he desires to be in and wants to be a part of, I think that's going to definitely, um, help bring out the best in him. And, um, also kind of like what you said earlier, um, they're not going to be asking him to really carry this team. No. You know, he's not going to be, um, you know, the go-to guy, I don't think. And he really, I mean, he's going to add um, a lot to this team, though. He's going to mm-hmm. add quality deep perimeter defense. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gonna, he's another guy that they can bring in. He can create his own shot. Mm-hmm. He's a respectable three-point shooter. Um, so, I will say, you know, I didn't think about, I think I've thought more about the defense side of it. But, you know, when I think about the Heat's run in the playoffs last year, one, it's crazy that they made it to the finals when you look back on things. But they didn't have a consistent second guy they could go to you know like butler was in the finals butler was dragging the heat through the finals i mean like he was he had he had help throughout the rest of the playoffs but once they got to the finals like tyler hero simmered down bam out of bio simmered down you know down yeah. duncan robinson and then goran Dragic was hurt so it's like they didn't have a second guy they could consistently rely on yeah, I think Bam Bam also might have been injured for a he few He was games hurt, there, that's right, yeah. yeah. But yeah, like, to your point, though, like, they didn't really have a bona fide second option, at, you know, after Jimmy. It's right. like, you know, two guys that are, you know, Duncan and, and Hero were both really young. I think, um, I think that was, was that hit, Hero's rookie season? Yeah, he was I mean, a rookie. like, he was still a rookie. I mean, you know, right. it's really tough to ask a rookie to be, like, a, you know, a second he, option. Hey, yeah, the, exactly. Can lead finals. us to a title. Yeah, so um, that's a big ask. But, yeah, I mean, like, this is going to, yeah, I really think it's going to solidify already a, a very solid um, lineup. And, you know, I really like what they, uh, I really like that move. And um, I could see them, like, no, even no matter what, what seed they end up being in the East, um, I could see them making a deep run. I think so, too. I think so too. One thing I um, I mentioned is is Oladipo is one he wants to be in Miami, and I think like you said, when a person wants to be somewhere, they're going to play harder and be more effective than they would be in a situation they don't want to be in. But the other thing is he is he, this is the last year on his contract. The Heat don't have to bring him back, but they could, and this also like this doesn't. Uh, they they didn't have to clear the books for for him. You know what I mean. If they would have traded for Lowry, they would have had to give up Tyler Hero, more than likely, and maybe some picks. And that contract that Lowry was bringing over was significantly higher than than Oladipo's. I think, anyways. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, um, Kyle Lowry is like what thirty five years old, um, and he's like probably making ballparkers thirty million. Yeah. Um, and to make that trade, I heard. Um, similar to what you were saying, you know, they wanted Tyler Hero, they wanted, you know, a first round pick and then probably a few other guys just to make salaries work, you mm-hmm. know, because Tyler Hero isn't making a ton of money right now. So it's yeah. like at that point you're I mean, you're giving up a lot more in that deal for an older person, um, 
and uh, someone who's making a lot more money. Right, right, exactly. So I see this as a win-win. Um, I know I think Kyle Lowry also would have thrived here as well, but I, I um, you know, I see this as a, as a win-win as Definitely. far as a younger player and making, uh, you know, taking less money off the books. Really. Definitely, I I think what what I've heard rumblings of is that this keeps them in the conversation for Bradley Beal this summer. Um, oh, okay. Not that not that uh, Oladipo is like going to be included in a trade for for Beal if that were to happen, but that's the name that's likely going to. I would put money on Beal not being in Washington next season, um, and the Heat. I don't know. They've just played. They've just played their cards right to where they may not land the deal for for Bradley Beal, but they're in a good position to to make a trade for him if they want to. Um, yeah, I, I can't see him being happy in that position in, in D.C. much no, longer. I mean, no. they just have really not been able to find sustainable winning uh, Forever, since, yeah. since the whole time he's been there. Yeah, no, that's, that's really true. And, I mean, I know it doesn't seem like, you know, maybe 100% that they're going to get him, but I think Pat Riley's an incredible GM. Yeah. Um, if I, you know, I'm going to put my hope in anybody to get a deal done that I'm maybe not optimistic about, I feel like it's uh, Pat Riley. Definitely. Definitely. I, I completely agree. Okay. Um, my biggest winner, and you know what? You can call me a homer, but I'm picking my Chicago Bulls <laughs> okay. as my biggest winner of the trade deadline. Wow. Okay. I was absolutely shocked. I think you sent me the text like before I even saw the notification that the trade <laughs> happened of just like, you got your boy Vooch. And I'm like, what? I'm like looking at the details. I'm like Googling everything I can to figure out what, what was included in the deal. Um, wow, I didn't know I beat your uh, notification. You beat, you beat Woj, man. Yeah, <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> um, so that this trade is like, so I, I put my notes down for it. The first thing that actually came to mind like when I saw the trade was, oh, wow, we gave up Wendell Carter and two first-round picks. Um, the two first-round picks, I think... Well, first of all, I'll say I don't think we overpaid for Vucevic. I just think this was the maximum amount that Orlando could have gotten for Vucevic. Um, and I I personally... I, I think it's a good move. I'll be interested to see... Um, in two years, because the the pick this year, I'm not super concerned about the Bulls giving up because I think they'll likely be a playoff team, and so that's not really a that's not a great pick anyway. But like, if something were to go wrong in two years, then they lose that draft pick that goes to Orlando, um, and that's where things get a little concerning. But I think that's that's just kind of a nit to pick. Mm. I, overall, the Bulls have been bad for a long time. Um, the last, yeah. the last time I remember them being competitive was when Jimmy Butler was on the roster and that's been almost five years ago now. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, he's been, been on a, like three teams since then. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's been around the league. Um, it's been, been a lot of pain since then. Um, a lot of like unfortunate coaches, Fred Hoiberg, Jim Boylan, and, um, a lot of young guys that didn't have not panned out. I mean, Laurie Markinen, I thought was going to be, you know, this stud stretch for stretch big that has truly, he's just been inconsistent over his career. Unfortunately, Wendell Carter, who got traded to the Magic, who I think could be really good in his career later, has been injured a lot. And I think his, 
him spending his early seasons in the league under Jim Boylan as head coach just wasn't good. That's not a good situation to try and develop as a, <laughs> as a young NBA player. Agreed. Yeah. I think that stunted his growth. And, um, and so I think it was time to make a move for two reasons, because not all those young guys were meshing together. But then also Zach Levine took off this season. He's like a new player. I, I think... Um, I haven't seen the the Bulls have not had a player as good as Levine since Butler, and I didn't think Levine was going to be an All Star. I just thought he was a really good scorer, um, but would never be able to carry the like the load for a winning team. Um, now, now I don't think that's the case. I think not that the Bulls are a winning team right now, but I think you surround him with the right pieces, and they're trying to do that and getting Vucevic. I think Levine absolutely can be. Um, the even if he's not you know maybe not the best player on a championship team but he is he puts them firmly in like the the middle of the pack in the eastern conference in my opinion yeah i I really like this um this trade as well josh um and i i do think uh levine has taken a huge step this year not only just putting up like you know amazing scoring but also at a high efficiency too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and i know that um maybe they're not as winning as many games as you'd like but I think still I think that they're moving in the right direction and also I really like this pairing of you know bringing in another all-star guy to to solidify this team around you know we're going to build this team around these two guys they're going to be your like top two options Um, I think it could also just help some of these younger guys um, you know not maybe putting pressure on them to really have a huge scoring load and also just continue to grow and learn maybe in in what their roles are yeah. um, and have these two guys um really carry the, carry the offense because both of these guys are are bona fide scorers i mean you're gonna the bulls are gonna put up a bunch of points with these guys they are that's the thing that's exciting like the the bulls haven't had this much offense since i mean i don't in my lifetime they they will not have had an offensive team like this one the, the Tibbs Bulls teams were always defense first, and Derrick Rose was, like, the only guy who could create his own shot. Like, <laughs> yeah. literally the only guy who could create his own shot. Um, yeah. This is much different. I, I they, they are going to... Vucevic, just in the first couple of games, is already, like... I wasn't sure how... They, he hasn't, like, meshed really with the rest of the roster yet. Like, they've lost their first two games with him on the team, but he's already sc- scoring at least 20 a game. Like, he's he's yeah. getting his buckets regardless. I don't think... I feel like we on the All Star um, podcast that we did, I was kind of bashing that he was <laughs> that he made the All Star lineup. Um, that's just that was ignorance on my part. I didn't realize how good of a scorer he is in his career right now. Yeah, I mean, and let's be honest, I don't think a lot of people watched Orlando <laughs> basketball. That's a great point. So that's a great point. You know, I'll give you that one. I didn't. I don't watch Orlando basketball either. Um, <laughs> so you know, maybe being not is familiar with some of those guys is uh is a little understandable but um you know i agree i think they're gonna be i think they're gonna be exciting to watch and i think maybe the next year or so i think they're gonna be one of the better teams in the east and um hopefully they can uh um just keep uh progressing with some of these younger guys yeah and just we'll see kind of what happens but i i think it's a I think they got a bright future ahead of them i think that's a they did a really good job with this trade deadline yeah i it was so you know we've got um I'm probably butchering his name, but Arturis Karnasovas, who was the Nuggets um, 
either GM or president who's running basketball operations now for the Bulls. Okay. Um, you know, so he built up he built up the roster that has Murray and Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. Um, and all those guys, and so I. I, I trusted that that was a good hire, you know, coming in. And he, I, the other thing too is like they they went out and got Daniel Tice at the end of the day too, um, who is just a he's just a nice role player to have. They didn't have any really like Fuchovic is so good on offense, he just doesn't bring anything on the defensive end really. Um, so to bring in Daniel Tice to have a rim protector when Vucevic isn't out there, like that that's gonna be huge for them too. Like he's really like these are really savvy moves for a front office that the bulls haven't really had in in a very long time to go out and like build a team that someone like zach levine who's a free agent not this offseason but the next is gonna want to stay with and 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 play around so um just just the the few like you said it's a bright future they've still got young guys left on the roster now like i personally have a lot of stock in the rookie patrick williams um yeah who they have now like i i could see him developing into an all-star at some point in his career and so it's just nice to know that these guys this isn't just a team of young players that are just out there just playing and we hope they develop into something they've actually got like guys who maybe they haven't won in their career before but they're good enough to win now and so they they can kind of um they can hopefully the the hope is that they foster a culture of winning now because a lot of young teams when they start out they're bad and they're tanking in order to get better this puts them in a position where they can they can win while they're getting better so yeah exactly and i think this um, will also help them maybe pick up some uh you know big name free agents in the you know next yeah. year or so i mean who knows they're in a they're in a you know a big market and i think you know Historically, players want to play in big cities, yeah, big markets. So, yeah. um, I think if they can, you know, show that they uh, are dedicated to winning there and have built a team that, that is built to win, you know, I think that they they could also maybe pick up another guy off a of free agency. They might, yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't see that as something that's out of possibility for them. Um, so, yeah, the sky's the limit for this team, and um, I, re- I really like what they're they're gonna um, look like moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, so those are our winners, the Bulls and the Heat. Uh, but you know, every trade deadline has some teams that have you shaking their your head of like, what in the world were were you thinking? Yeah. Uh, so with that being said, who who do you feel like was the biggest loser on the trade deadline? Um. Yeah. So I um, think the biggest loser in this trade deadline going back to the same trade i kind of talked about earlier um the houston rockets um i think that they had immense amount of leverage in this situation with victor oladipo they knew that one of his destinations he wanted to go to was miami and they i don't think they leveraged that nearly enough um in getting anything of, of value back for him yeah i think that they could have really use that against them and saying we know he wants to go to you guys so like you have to give up more um and um especially for a player his caliber um a previous all-star player right um i feel like you need to ask more and um i don't know i really haven't been impressed with houston's front office like this whole season as a whole i think they got robbed in the 
the James Harden trade, looking at that, mm. um, I I know we talked about this a few episodes ago, but I feel like as time goes on, I just feel like, uh, you know, they almost any of the other possibilities they could have got out of the trade would have been better than what well, they yeah. got. Yeah. One hundred percent. I mean, they could have had Karis LeVert and Jared Allen, um, but you know they traded those guys away, mm-hmm. and for Oladipo and um, and I think they, you know, it sounded like they could have had Ben Simmons as well too, which I exactly. think he's a he's another great um, young guy that they could have built around and built their future around. So it just it has really seemed like they you know not only botched that trade, but I feel like they botched this trade too, and it just it doesn't seem like they know what they're doing or. Um, no, yeah. no, they don't know what they're doing. Other, I, I think it's safe to say that. Yeah, it seems like these other front offices are kind of outsmarting them or taking advantage of the their situation. So yeah, I think I think that they are um, my quote unquote biggest loser. Right? There. Oh, they I I like the air quotes. Um, <laughs> that, just think about what they started the season with and now what they have. So they started the season with James Harden and Russell Westbrook, and coming off of a I guess a disappointing playoff run, but like they they were still the fourth seed in the West or whatever, you know. Like they weren't a bad team. True. Uh, they were a good team last year, and now all those like those guys are gone. You know, you, Russell Westbrook, PJ Tucker, and James Harden, uh, three of the like more um, concrete building blocks of that team. They're all gone, and they have <clears throat> draft picks. They have John Wall and. I, they, there's no other players left from those other trades. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I can't think of it. Like they, they traded James Harden, and basically now they're they're left with Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk. Like those, other than the draft picks, those are the only players they have from James Harden. Yeah. Because James Harden turned into Victor Oladipo, which turned into Avery Bradley. Like, <laughs> could you imagine just knowing that you ended up trading James Harden for Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and a pick swap? That that's nuts. <laughs> Yeah, it's um it's, now obviously well I okay I say that they got picks from Brooklyn, um in the James Harden trade, but yeah. I mean, I don't know, I don't know. Or, yeah, Brooklyn's first round pick is going to be worth anything in the next right. three years or four years? Like I, no, I doubt it. I don't and, think so. Either. And the other thing is, like you said, they could have had the those draft picks that we're talking about and Ben Simmons. Yeah, like Philly would have given up picks and Simmons. I, I I'm sure they would have. Yeah. No, I agree too, and um, I think also recently they had they uh, I thought they bought out Demarcus Cousins. That's he, right, yeah. So he wasn't. I mean, another previous All Star that they had on that on their team as well. I know he was he had, you know uh, very kind of suffered with some it. injuries, yeah. but I mean, still like a previous All Star guy, obviously proven um, when healthy, and um, yeah, it just seems like it just all like fell apart, and they had, like nothing left after this, and yeah, I think they just got incredibly lucky that christian would even agreed to play for this team i know i feel bad for him man like <laughs> he he's having a pretty solid season i mean we put him in our snub draft yeah. so like that shows that goes to show you he's having a good year he went from detroit to houston thinking like i might might make the playoffs this season and nope nope <laughs> you like... might not make the playoffs in four years but yeah. like i'm sorry it's like bad to worse almost honestly <laughs> yeah. yeah i i probably I probably put the Pistons with a brighter future right now than the than the Rockets, which is like just shocking to think yeah. about. Oh um, yeah, things things took a real turn for the Rockets. Yeah. Um, the the loser that I picked 
is actually a team that didn't make any moves at the deadline, hmm. and that's the Sacramento Kings. Okay. So, so Sacramento, I feel like I I don't have the standings up right now, but I think last I checked they were eleventh or twelfth in the West, um, which is right on the bubble of being in uh, the playing tournament range, and I've. I felt, you know, they actually, they started the season hot. They were, like, top four in the West when the season started. What, um, okay, you put up the standings. They're 11th in the West right now. Um, which, so they're right on that bubble of being in the play-in tournament. You know, not, not to say that I think this team would make a push in the playoffs or anything like that, but you've got a young player like De'Aaron Fox who has showed lots of potential, who I think is going to be an all-star in this league who right now is surrounded with a bunch of guys that just I feel like don't fit who have kind of made it clear they don't want to be there whether it's a whether it's a Buddy Heald or um a Marvin Bagley who I, they could have gotten something for you know what I mean you've got you've got uh the rookie um Halliburton there who's who's having a good rookie year he's he's probably one of the three or four best rookies this season um so I wouldn't give him up but if you look at that roster between Bagley Buddy Heald and there's some other guys that you could get creative with in in throwing in trades that they could have gotten some real assets for you know whether it's draft picks um or whether it's something to to push them into contention this season uh they, they it was out there like it was possible there were teams interested in buddy healed i know the I, I think the celtics were interested in trading for buddy healed um and the fact that they did nothing is just like i think the reason i i was disappointed in the kings is because right now they are like the epitome of mediocrity in the nba which to me I know we just bashed the Rockets, but like I think the Kings are almost in a worse spot than the Rockets are. The Rockets at least have the hope of landing a top draft pick in the recent years because they're going to be bad for a long time. The Kings are like in they're in this no man's world where they're definitely as constructed right now not good enough to make a push in the playoffs. Uh, even if they made the playoffs, they're they're gonna get like beat in the first round. They're, they're, I, yeah, they're, there's no there's no, there's no hope for them to get a first round victory in the West. No. Um, and if they and if they don't make the playoffs, they're I know the lottery odds have been flattened, but there's a very low chance that they um, end up getting a draft pick where they can get another franchise altering player. So it's just unfortunate because I really like De'Aaron Fox and I'd love to see him play in meaningful basketball and the king we were talking about this before beforehand the kings are like how long have they been in this situation you know what i mean like how many different iterations of the kings being just kind of meh are we gonna see you know like they've never been atrociously bad or i mean they have been but they're just they're they're in this they're in this no man's world like i was saying and it's a it's really the worst place to be in the nba i feel like yeah, I love that you use the the title epitome, epitome of mediocrity because um, I usually reserve that title for the Indiana Pacers. My team. oh wow, okay uh, that okay. Sorry to <laughs> sorry to come in there and rip the belt away from the from the Pacers. No no no, you're fine. Um, but I do agree with you on a lot of these points. They just kind of seem like they can never figure it out, and I feel like 
Um, they probably have like the longest playoff drought out of like any NBA team right now. That's a good. Um, that would be a good fact to know. I I don't know. It's probably between them and Minnesota. Well, no, Minnesota was in it recently with, yeah, Butler. with Butler, so yeah. it probably is Sacramento. Yeah, yeah. But they never seem to figure it out. Like, and they finally like struck it with a few guys that they drafted. Um, like solid players, like like Fox, like you mentioned. Yeah. And they and they got him to. They signed him to it. You know, a huge contract. They got him to resign instead of just leave. You know, after his rookie deal. Right. And they dra- draft Halliburton, so it seems like things are going in the right direction. But then they just—I feel like they don't know what they're doing. Like they don't. That's the thing. Yeah, you—you're completely right. Like, I just like let's put a competent GM in their front office and just see what happens. You know, like it'd be fun to see what they could do with a Buddy Heel trade. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I. There was a lot of trade rumors coming around um, these Sacramento guys. Um, I've even heard things about Harrison Barnes possibly That's right, for yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the two guys you mentioned, Buddy Heald. I mean, a lot of teams could use him. A, you know, um, a solid three point shooting guard. I mean, like you know, who doesn't need that? Shooting's always in fashion these days. So, right, I mean, right. Anybody needs more three point shooting. Um, and Bagley, you know, a lottery pick who. Um, really hasn't you know seemed to to pan out as of recent, but I feel like they they could possibly dangle him in front of a few teams and you know Houston would give something up for him, right? Yeah. Houston's like, oh here, take some of our picks. We need a young guy. Yeah, I mean, I mean honestly though, I think that it would really help <clears throat> for him just to have a change of scenery, and I feel like some teams would still take take him on just because of how you know young he is. And right. It just I do agree with you. It seems like this front office time after time doesn't make the right move doesn't know how to like build around guys i mean we saw this previously with the marcus cousins were there um exactly they could never figure out how to make a sustainably winning team around this you know like all pro like first team all nba center who just like literally just body guys and dominate games but they could never you know put a winning team around him and it just which is crazy because he there's a point in time where he was the best center in the league i think oh yeah like easily like he was um i mean he was just had so many skill sets i mean he could like yeah. literally take the ball up the court yeah and just like slam it down on you and just like you know the seven foot huge guy you like what are you supposed to do against yeah that? you can't do yeah. anything that and um yeah i i, I uh, thought about picking them as well <laughs> um the kings just because uh you know they they just seem inept and I, I, I really <laughs> that's a great word to yeah. use. I, I feel bad for these uh, you know De'Aaron Fox. I mean he signed this huge right. contract and um, yeah I just I just don't want to see like you know so many more years talent of, go to waste. Yeah um, and um, <clears throat> you know I really do like Halliburton um, and you know some of these other guys they have, but I feel like yeah um, they could. Uh, their front office could use a change of scenery, I think. And um, I one hundred percent because it, it's just it's just when you when you start to add up all the failures, it, it really is. You know, you have the Demarcus Cousins era that didn't work out, and then you have this roster here with the Aaron Fox, um, Halliburton, even even Bagley. Well, what I'm what I'm getting to wouldn't include Bagley, but you know, someone like Harrison Barnes. Think about if they had this roster with Luka Doncic mm-hmm. because that's who they should have picked with the number yeah. two overall pick that went to Marvin Bagley you know like that that's just the kind of things where of course it would be the Kings 
uh, that we're talking about here as like who missed out on the deadline because this is the same franchise that missed out on Luka Doncic one day when he was right there. I mean, he was yeah. in the sights. Like we could have a franchise altering player, um, but we're going to take the safe route and pick this Marvin Bagley kid who, you know, mm-hmm. I hope Bagley has a good career somewhere, but like, yeah, it's just, these are the, these are the kind of moves they make. They, they rarely make, the smart move. Um, I just, I feel like it just ends up being whoever falls in their lap. Um, <laughs> they got Darren Fox three years ago at number five, which was like good value for that pick. They got Halliburton this year, and he fell way far back in the draft, which was that was probably the best pick they've had in years as far as like getting a quality player and for the the type of value of where they were at in the draft. It just never seems to be that they're really forward thinking in any in any way, or else they would have Luka Doncic on the roster or some so, something like that. Um, but yeah, that that's our that that'll be our funeral for the Kings. Um, <laughs> we can we can proceed on to brighter things. There's yeah. a couple other trades I want to get to. Um, the Clippers they got into they got into action at towards the end of the deadline and traded for Rondo. Rajon Rondo yeah. goes to the Clippers for for Lou Williams. Um, Lou Williams, you know, gets to go to gets to go to Atlanta, his hometown. Um, not not play. Uh, well, he might he might be playing playoff. He'll be playing playoff basketball this year. What am I saying? The, the the Hawks will be there. But the the bigger story really is Rondo going to the Clippers. What do you think? Does it? I I'm curious. What do you think? Does this move the needle for the Clippers in your mind? Yeah, this was um, kind of a sneaky under-the-radar trade. You know, I feel like um, you had these other trades that we talked about were kind of more of a headlining the uh, trade deadline day. And this one kind of just, you know, I, I feel like wasn't as catchy as some of the other trades. Um, but I, re- I really like this pickup for the Clippers. Yeah. Um, I think the point guard was a position that they were lacking at, um, a facilitator and someone to run their offense. Um, and... I really think that Rajon Rondo, at least in the playoffs, um, can be a phenomenal player. Um, playoff Rondo is, you know, he's unparalleled. There's, there's, yeah. there's not many other guys like Playoff Rondo. I know he like claimed is not a thing, um, but it <laughs> is totally one hundred percent a thing. It is totally a thing, and I really like this trade for them. Uh, I'm not really a huge Clipper fan, but I really think that this, this, um, this will elevate them in the playoffs. I, yeah. I doubt he's gonna give them like incredible minutes um you know in the regular season per usual but he's a he's a great high iq guy championship caliber yeah um multiple teams um playing championship ball with um i, I really like i really like this trade for them i mean i don't think they gave up that much i mean i know lou williams is is epitome of like a spark plug off the bench guy yeah um but i think that they have um they have a lot of other um guys that i think that that they you know don't necessarily need him in that role right now no um i really like their their pickup with serge Ibaka this um, yeah. this offseason have a have a bona fide center um that's not just going to get bodied by nikola Jokic right. in, in the uh in the playoffs exactly so i i mean rondo is the he's almost the anti lou williams lou williams has not really ever been known for showing up in the playoffs um and that's all rondo is known for that that is uh, rondo is only known for showing up in the playoffs uh so i i mean i think that you know when when paul george goes cold in a playoff game which inevitably it'll happen yeah it's gonna happen um now now you don't 
I mean, obviously you have Kawhi, but um, one, you have a guy in Rondo who can get hot, and and I don't know if he'll be leading the second unit or if he'll be starting. Either way, like that's a that's a um, that's someone you can rely on in big minutes. But then the other thing is the leadership aspect. He knows the game so well. I a lot of guys on last year's Lakers team really talked about just how effective they thought Rondo and and impactful he was to their locker room and chemistry as a team being able to 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 speak to younger players from you know this veteran standpoint um I think I think the Clippers more than anything they need that presence in the locker room or that voice of leadership out on the court because even though their best player is Kawhi Kawhi is not he's just not that guy he's 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 yeah. he needs he needs someone who's it's kind of like when I look at the Raptors that won the championship two years ago with Kawhi. I think it makes more sense now seeing how the last two years have played out that how important Kyle Lowry probably was to that team where he's kind of the the veteran leader on the court and and in timeouts and in the huddle of like getting guys on the same page. Because when you looked at the Clippers last year, they didn't have that guy and and Kawhi's not going to be that guy. So this is like their, this is their solution to that. I feel like. I, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, they don't really have like a almost like a vocal leader of the team per se. No. And I think that that's like an almost like an undervalued aspect of of players' games. You know, like that's um, like for LeBron, that's like always been him on all the teams. Like mm-hmm. he is the guy. He is the leader. He's like he is rallying this team. Like. You know, he is the guy that they're going to, um, that he's going to take charge during these tough games or like, you know, when their back's pinned against the wall. Right. And Kawhi is just not that guy. And that's not really like maybe a knock on him per se. It's just, no, it's just not who he is. And I felt like last year was kind of like almost like Doc Rivers seemed like he was that guy. And it's yeah. like, he's a coach. So it's kind of like weird, you know, like, I don't know. It just, and I think, and I think Paul George tried to step into that role too. And just, he doesn't. <laughs> He just doesn't have the respect of his teammates, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, when Paul George shoots a brick off the side of the backboard, you've got to have someone to step in and, like, collect everybody's morale that isn't Paul George. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think they had that. Now now they have that guy in, in Rondo. Yeah, so. no, I think um, I think you're going to add a lot. And I think um, that's something that, you know, some people may forget. Um, but last year, um, Rondo in some of those playoff series – he was like the third best player on like a, a good amount of these games for the oh Lakers. Oh my gosh, yeah. Where it just seemed like LeBron and AD were like, you know, they were going to put up like 50 to 60 points each night almost, it seemed like. But it kind of like the question was like, okay, who's going to make up the rest of the points for the Lakers, you yeah. know? And it seemed like, you know, um, that Rondo was doing like a lot of this work on the, on the second unit. He was facilitating, um, he was, you know, putting up, um, like respectable numbers for them and it just seemed like he was always making the smart play too yeah. and it was just it was surprising to see him at his age you know being like you know, it seemed like the third best guy on this team for a considerable amount of games um, at least more than I thought he was going to be yeah so it, w- it was kind of you know at least from a fan's perspective like tough to see him you know part ways with them because I was like you know thinking wow you know he, he was a significant part of this this playoff run yeah and now he goes to their you know um crosstown rival crosstown rival and yeah and um i think uh, if they get the same version of rondo as, as last year 
I think they're going to be really dangerous. In yeah, the you know that's a good point. We don't, we can't. Rondo's kind of at the tail end of his career, so we can't guarantee that that's the Rondo they're going to get. But I, I agree, if that's the Rondo they get, then look out. I mean, the they they are a better team with him than they were last year, um, or that or that they were earlier this season even. Yeah. Um. Okay, so a trade you really like, I know, Aaron Gordon getting shipped out to the Denver Nuggets, the second, you know, major Orlando Magic player to get dealt on trade deadline day. Uh what do you what do you think this does for Denver? Yeah, this I really like this trade for them. Um I uh, almost picked them as my biggest winner, um the Denver Nuggets here. Um I really like this trade for them, you know, Orlando just seemed like they Kind of blew everything up there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had a ton of money on the books. They w- weren't really seeing, you know, um, a team that was, you know, going to make a deep playoff run probably ever with this, with the, how the way the team was constructed. So I think it was a good move by Orlando just to kind of to blow up a lot of this, um, to get a lot of this money off the books and kind of mm-hmm. restart with maybe some of these younger guys they have. Um, but I really like this also for the Nuggets too. Um, I think that they seemed like they were just – almost like one piece away mm-hmm. um, from really being like the best form of themselves. Um, I know that they're probably missing Jeremy Grant a lot from yeah. last year. Um, he was a very solid wing defender, um, you know, someone that, you know, put up a decent amount of points each night and who's, you know, now in Detroit is um, playing amazing. He's like their leading scorer yeah. now in Detroit. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jeremy Grant is, um, yeah, he's he's balling out this year up in Detroit. Um and I think uh, I think that they kind of were missing someone in kind of his role almost um, per se. And I really think that, that Aaron Gordon's going to do really well here. Yeah. Um, he's not going to be asked to carry this offense, um, you know, um, but he's going to be asked to do a lot of defensive work for them. And I think he's going to really help shore up some of the holes there with Michael Porter Jr., yeah. um, who um, I know as of recent <laughs> had been like, you know, not knocked for his, you know, his lack of defense and, you know, teams that seemed like this last year were kind of trying to exploit him on the defensive end and some of these uh, playoff series. And I think he's really going to be able to to help in that regard because I think he's going to be able to, to play that 3-4, you know, spot defensively and kind of like yeah. – and kind of hide him in some areas. But also um, he just gives you flexibility on the offensive end too. Um, he can – you know, he's a respectable shooter, but also he has – you know, amazing athleticism, and he can, you know, you can lob the ball up to him and just, you know. We know he can throw down. Yeah, that's true <laughs> from, uh, from his dunk contest, yeah. So I think he, he's, um, he adds a lot of flexibility to this team that's already really good. Yeah. Um, so I really like this trade. Um, I don't think they gave up a ton for him. Um, I mean, Gary Harris, um, he was a guy who saw decent minutes, but I don't think he really had panned out to what Denver had probably necessarily won from him. Um, I think RJ, RJ Hampton wasn't seeing a ton of minutes, but I know that as a, as a young guy, as a young prospect, I think that, you know, they'll, they'll probably miss him. And I think Orlando is probably really high on him and want to, to keep him around there yeah. in a first round pick. So, um, yeah, it seems maybe on paper they give up a decent amount, but I think in the, sh- in the short term, I don't think they gave up a whole lot for this. And I just really like the fit and um, the new change of scenery for him. The fit is great, I think. I'm interested to see what kind of player he becomes in this new team now. I think a, a lot of his growth early in his career, it's like I was talking about with the Bulls players earlier. 
he was in Orlando was never like a bad team they were just they were just a poor fit and they weren't a winning team uh for Aaron Gordon they were a poor fit for him and so I think him being in Orlando his whole career it just never allowed him to become the player that he probably should be in today's NBA right like he was being forced to when you've got Vucevic and you've got Jonathan Isaac and you've got Mo Bamba on off the bench as well like there's just a very tall team and Aaron Gordon really he should be playing the same positions that all those guys are playing and you know the, the four or I mean he's probably not playing the five but you know he got he got sidelined as this guy on the wing who wasn't playing off pick and rolls but was more so like handling the ball himself and that's just not that's not who that's not the best version of him and of of that kind of player in today's nba i don't think yeah no i agree with you just the orlando i just always have felt like they were just this team that just kept drafting huge guys yeah and like they just didn't even care about guards it seemed like right it's like oh, we're just gonna build this. they needed a point guard for so long man it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy yeah I, I don't understand but yeah i just um it seemed like they had this huge team and it kind of shoved him out towards the wing um and they were just like the i felt like they were always the quintessential eight seed in the east like <laughs> they, they that would, is so true they would like usually make the playoffs but they would like almost always be the last seed in and like you know you almost have no hope as like the eight yeah. seed every year so um but yeah it just you know uh they were never really able to put a really good team together with uh the guys they had there um and I think also like part of that kind of like what you said is maybe they weren't utilizing some of those guys um and maximizing their no. their talents and their skills so I, I think Denver as an organization is a lot better at that um it yeah. seems like they have a better idea of what they're doing um and they also just have you know Nikola Jokic who is just a phenomenal player right um you know just having him as like the focal point of your offense just you know opens up so many possibilities for yeah. you too so he's gonna get a lot of open looks um I feel like preferably not from three-point range, but like even off lobs and cuts to the rim. Like when you've got Jokic out there, you've got Jamal Murray who has proven he can score uh, in in large doses, and you've got Michael Porter Jr. who's who's evolving too. Like Aaron Gordon's offensive potential rises, I think, because he's no longer like in Orlando. You had Vucevic, you had Fournier, and I, he's probably he was probably like their third option offensively, which he just shouldn't be. He, he shouldn't yeah. be your third option offensively. I think, um, honestly, I think, um, I don't, I can't tell if I think they're better now than they were last year. You know, like, I think they're better now this year because earlier in the year they didn't have Jeremy Grant. They were kind of playing, they're just this really offensive-centric team without a lot of defense. Now they have Aaron Gordon, and he kind of he kind of replaces Jeremy Grant. I can't tell if that's an upgrade over Jeremy Grant or not. Um, if Aaron Gordon's an upgrade over Jeremy Grant or not, um, I in my opinion, I think this gets them to a contender level status in the West. But they need that is what it's really on. Who is really on is Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. to like bring their games to a consistent level um, to kind of to kind of support. Uh, Jokic um, and now they're a more complete team to support Jokic as well in my opinion yeah I think so too I think um, 
you know, time will tell on who's going to be like the better fit, I guess, there, like Aaron Gordon versus like Jeremy Grant. Yeah. But I mean, I guess if you're looking at both of those guys, you know, like Aaron Gordon was like, what, like a lottery level pick? I think so, yeah. And like, I don't think Jeremy Grant was anywhere near that. No. So I no. think as a prospect level, I think, you know, Aaron Gordon is, you know, the better player on paper. Yeah, he's know? got the higher ceiling, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it'll just, you know, um, I think it'll, we'll see if he, you know, fully buys into this role that we're kind of, you know, I feel like all of just kind of imagining him playing this, you know, with that team. So I think if he really buys in and, um, you know, is able to stay healthy, I, I could really see him um, really excelling in this team. I could see them making another run, uh, honestly, to the Western Conference Finals yep. again. So I can see it too. I mean, the crazier things have happened and um, the West feels kind of wide open right now. Um, the only other trade I had on here was Evan Fournier going to the Celtics. The last major piece of the Orlando Magic core to get shipped <laughs> off in the same day. Yeah. He goes to the Celtics and personally, I, I think it's a good trade. I think he fills a need. The Celtics needed more perimeter scoring other than just Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. But I don't think this was enough to make the Celtics a contender again. I, I just they they seem so far removed. They were kind of operating in this space the last few seasons where there wasn't a set set apart um, expected champion of the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And now the Nets are here in Philly too, for that matter. It seems to be in that that realm, and so. It just feels like the Celtics didn't get much better than they have been the last few years, and now that the Eastern Conference is stronger, they don't look as good. Yeah, it's almost like the rest of the conference kind of passed them by. Yeah, in a sense. And yeah, I they definitely do not look as good as last year. I think um, last year it seemed like a possibility for them to come out of the East. Yeah. Um, and now I just personally don't see that happen no it won't happen with this roster i mean like i said fournier he fills a need for them but they need so much more than just like a wing score because fournier is good but he's by no means is he like coming in to be the second option behind tatum or something like that he's he's definitely he's definitely a role player at the end of the day yeah they've really been struggling with some of the some of the guys that they brought in like i don't think Kemba really has has shined as much this year as they wanted him to I think he's had a lot of uh shooting woes himself and I don't think Jeff Teague has really been you know what they wanted him to be mm-hmm. off the bench either um I think he actually just recently got uh, bought out as well and um so yeah I, I think this is a good pickup for them I mean they gave up essentially nothing for this you know two second round picks I don't think really mean a lot to the Celtics in the grand scheme no. of things. No. Um, but yeah, they just need something else with, with some of their guard play, especially yeah. with Marcus Smart had been out for a while. Yeah. They were really struggling with the depth there. Yeah. I think he just came back recently, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I think that'll definitely help them in, the, in that in that regard. But still, yeah, this team, for some reason, seems like they've taken a step back from last year. And it just seems like Philly and Brooklyn, you know, have kind of passed them by as yep. the favorites in the East. So yep. I absolutely, I couldn't, I definitely could not agree more with that. Okay, so that's going to do it for our trade deadline talk. There's a few other talking points I want to get to. And the first being the Lakers are 
I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna come out here and do some like first take stuff and be like the Lakers are in trouble. <laughs> um, but it doesn't look that great when Anthony Davis and LeBron James are out for at least like another month. It looks like. Um, I think there's some signs that Anthony Davis might be returning to practice soon. But uh, LeBron, his initial, the initial diagnosis was like four to six weeks that he he'd miss. Um, okay, so with that being the case. They have about a month and a half of the season left. There's like they, something like 25 games left in the season. They're currently the fourth seed in the West, which um, even the fourth seed is definitely underwhelming for this Lakers team. Uh, but obviously it makes sense with the injuries they've had. So my question is, do you th- where, where do you think the Lakers will end up in the Western Conference standings? Uh, like I said, right now they're the fourth seed, knowing that LeBron and AD will be out for at least by the time this podcast comes out like another three weeks where, where do you see them finishing up yeah um i think without both of those guys they're like maybe a 500 team at best you know i think yeah. i think they're like two and four post lebron getting injured if you count the game he got injured in which was against the, the hawks yeah that's right so yeah. um the two teams they beat were like i think cleveland and orlando which are makes sense which are like two <laughs> yeah terrible teams so um, I mean, it really just depends on when one of those guys comes back, I think. Um, you know, I, this team wasn't constructed to win without those two guys, no. you know. This was a very top-heavy team that was centered around supporting these two guys and building a team around, um, you know, with guys that best support their skills and their abilities. So, um, it's going to be tough for them to win games. I mean, don't get me wrong. They have some good guys there, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Montrez, absolutely. It's a solid score. Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder is good. Obviously a solid score. Um, they just picked up on Andre Drummond on buyouts. Um, there you go. I think he can get, um, you know, he can get 20 and 10 tonight if um, you give him enough uh, shot attempts. So um, Drummond's been on some eight seed playoff teams before. Yeah, you know? he has, yeah. Maybe, maybe he's the piece they need to keep them afloat. Back in Detroit, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that it really depends on when, when one of these guys comes back. So, um, and like you said, it doesn't sound like it's anytime soon. I think they're going to end up still making the playoffs, but I think they're going to slip a few games just because of how tight the West is right, right. now. Right, it's so competitive. Yeah, yeah. I think um, if it's a trajectory that we're looking at right now, and, you know, let's say it all plays out, I think they're going to probably end up around like the sixth seed, I'd yeah. say. I, honestly, that's what I was going to say. Sixth mm-hmm. seed sounds about right right now. The Nuggets are in the fifth seed, so... Um, we just talked about how we think they're a lot better with the Aaron Gordon trade. I expect them to jump the Lakers. I think they're only like a game back of the Lakers right now. So, um, it would be it would, just thinking about that. We could have a Lakers Nuggets first round series. That would be yeah, that, that was the Western it. Conference Finals last year. That yeah. would be that would be incredible. I I feel like whoever ends up whoever's in that sixth seed right now. I think it might be Portland. Um, I just don't. I just don't see the Lakers doing, like you said, any better than 500 without these guys. And and the way the rest of the the rest of the Western Conference is playing, yeah, six seed seems about right. My follow up question would be: Can the Lakers still win a title? Or will I'll even just say: Can they make the NBA Finals if they are starting out as like a five through eight seed? Yeah. I- Personally, I think they can just because um, just because they have LeBron there. Um, he's the guy, you know, that perennially, at least like the last few years, 
has not cared about what seed he has. You know, right, yeah. he's like, we're gonna we're gonna get to the regular season. We're gonna get my guys here that I you know we need, and whatever seed we are, we're just gonna play. You know, we're just gonna play whoever's in front of us, and we're gonna beat them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. So I I personally don't think it really matters. I mean, I'm sure it's nice to have home court advantage. I'm sure that's always appreciated. Yeah. Because um, I think there. I, by the time the playoffs are here, I'm assuming there will be fans. Like not not a hundred percent capacity, but like enough to make somewhat of a difference. Yeah, it won't be like last year where there's no fans. <clears throat> I don't I don't foresee that, especially with how fast you know vaccination efforts have, have been yeah. um, happening, and. Um, yeah, I think they can still. I think they they can still go to the to the uh, NBA Finals as like a lower seed just just because they have LeBron. I think he's really the X factor there. Yeah. I think um, he just seems to elevate to another level in the playoffs year after year. Even at you know age thirty five, he was last last year I think, and mm-hmm. thirty six this year. He still always finds a way to elevate, and especially <clears throat> this year, you know, with um, you know with his injury, he'll have considerable time off, you know, so he'll be coming off, you know, six weeks of rest in the middle of the season, which is something he usually doesn't get. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that might come in handy maybe later in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe his legs will have a um, a little more spring in them. Yeah. A little more fresh at his age. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good point. I think I agree with you that yes, they can absolutely still win a title coming out of like the sixth seed or something like that. I just, when you think about the matchups, I mean, they theoretically, like, if LeBron and AD don't get hurt, they're playing Dallas or maybe Golden State, San Antonio in the first round. And now with both those guys injured, I mean, they could be playing the Clippers in the first round. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's what's going to make it so harder. They don't really have a, you know, a weaker first-round opponent to kind of, you know, beat up on and kind of get in their rhythm into, you know. Um yeah, I, I think that's the only thing that really is kind of holding them back would be facing one of these really good teams in the first round that they normally wouldn't have if they didn't have these injuries. I think, I mean, I, I would pick, I think I would pick LeBron over just about any any other team they face in the first round and pick the Lakers. But I just like, if the Clippers were ever going to, you know, top the Lakers or if, you know, the Nuggets or one of these other teams like the Jazz or or Suns were ever going to top the Lakers. This seems like this would be the year. Get them while they're down a little bit. Um, I mean, I I don't think anyone in the West poses as big a threat to the Lakers or um, to to get to the championship as the Lakers do because they have LeBron James. There's just, there's no one else I look out there on the at the landscape and see, say like I trust this player or this group of players more than I trust a LeBron-led team. So I, I, I'm going to say, like, yeah, it, it'll probably end up still being the Lakers regardless of where they're at. But it is it is interesting to think about, like, we could potentially be seeing, like, what we thought was going to be a Western Conference Finals matchup in the first round because of this injury. I think that's just the that that's the part that keeps getting me hung up. It's like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> wait, that's, that's yeah. nuts. It'll make the first round interesting. Yeah, exactly. The first round will be more entertaining than, yeah. than we thought. Um, okay, last... This is actually a good segue. We're talking about title favorites. I wanted to, you know, like we said, the trade deadline definitely, like, it moves the needle 
four teams that you know it's there so that you can get that last guy to maybe put your team over the edge to getting um to the championship we've seen we've seen it work out for teams in the past where they their trade deadline move significantly impacted their route to a championship so so now that we're post trade deadline now the rosters are set all the buyout guys are gone to um alex i wanted to get and i'll give mine too but what are your one through five top five teams um that you feel most confident in winning the championship this year Mm, okay that's a tough question um just you know with so many injuries uh this year um with the shortened off season you know it's it's it can be tough to evaluate some of these teams against each other right just just because we have so so limited amount of games with with these teams at full strength but um i'll do my power rankings quick for you um top five you know, I'll start with uh, I'll start with number five and work my way up. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So build. Some I, I like it. Look at that. You're <laughs> you're running this show, man. Yeah. What am I saying? <laughs> so, I'll uh, I'll start with number five. Um, this might be controversial. I'll pick the Utah Jazz here. And um, this is an interesting pick. Yeah. Um, I know that they're number one seed right now in the West. Um, but the reason I have them dropped to number five is this team doesn't have any history of playoff success no. I mean, the last two years they've lost in the first round they and they haven't you know beat anybody and i think that you know rudy gobert can you know some of his skill sets can be exposed kind of in the mm-hmm. playoff in a playoff setting just because you know you have a seven game series against a guy you know um so um that doesn't mean i don't think that they have a shot at winning at all you know saying all those things but um but that's my knock on them. They don't have any playoffs, you know, yep. recent success. But I do think that they are having an amazing regular season right now. So they're they're probably my number five right now. Uh, number four, I'd say 76ers. Um, Joel Embiid, um, when healthy, he's amazing. Um, he just can literally put this team on his back and, like, score 30 points against literally anybody. Um, even Rudy Gobert, who's, you know, um, heralded as, you know, the one of the best if not the best defensive player in the league right now. So yep. um, I think with him, I think that they're competitive against literally anybody. Um, so I'd pick them probably as my uh, number four right now. Um, let's see, number three. Um, I'm probably going to go with the Clippers on this one. Um, even though they kind of fizzled out last year and yeah. ch- had a choke job. Um, I really like the squad that they've assembled. I really like the addition of Rajon Rondo. I really like Serge Ibaka in here, um, and I really like um, just a lot of things that they've been doing. I know that they um, haven't seen, you know, they're not as dominant in the regular season as, as probably this roster shows. I mean, like, I think their last game, they literally lost to the Magic, who, like, right after they shipped everybody out, they lost to them, which, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of pitiful. Yeah, that is pretty sad. Um, but um, I just think this is a deep, deep team. Um, I think they have a lot of veteran guys and um, I think that they learned a lesson last year. So I think um, I could easily see them making it to the um, making it to the championship. Um, my number two team I have is the Nets. Um, and a lot of people probably have them as number one, but um, I'm going to put them as number two um, just because uh, this team is, you know, is is fresh right now. They have played very few games together That's as a big true. three. Yep. Um, even though I do think the East will be a little easier to get through than the West this year. Um, I just, uh, think that they don't have the experience together. I think, you know, they have an amazing, 
um, a collection of talent. I think we've talked about this before in previous yeah. podcasts when when um, when Harden got traded there. So um, yeah, I think they just have the ability to run with anybody offensively. Um, but I don't have them as my number one. Um, my number one I have is the Lakers. Wow, um, against all odds, man. Against all odds, I'm running back with the you know repeat <clears throat> champ. You know, hopefully repeat champs. We'll see. Um, but it's hard for me to pick against them. You know, they they brought their best two guys back. Um, they brought two solid scores back. Um, or not back, sorry, added mm-hmm. in. You know, two six men of the year candidates, um, Montrez Harrell and Dennis Schroeder. Or sorry, I think they actually both were winners of the award. Um, yeah, I think, they, I think so. Maybe, I think they both won that award in the past. Okay, or maybe just one of them. I don't know. I need to do my homework on that. Um, but anyway, they've, they've added uh, two um, solid scoring options in the rotation. Um, and it's also just hard for me to bet against LeBron, man. Yeah. He's uh, He has four rings, man. You know, so it's like... Um, he could get to five this year. It's crazy. Yeah, he could. Um, so, <laughs> especially with him, you know, taking some time off with this, with this injury, uh, I think it'll help um, him be fresh for the playoffs and... Um, yeah, I just I just feel like it's uh, you know it's their it's their championship to defend, and I'm picking them as my number one. So I like it, man. I like it a lot. Yeah. What do you uh, What do you think, Josh? I so my my top five is going to look very similar. I it's basically all the same teams, but my, minus the Jazz. I'm not going to include the Jazz oh. as one of my top five teams. So okay. I've actually like literally I've been going back and forth in my head. Um, just while you're talking about about these teams of how I want to rank them, I can't. I really can't decide who I like. As the, there's a lot of teams I'm considering for this fifth spot, but I think I honestly think who I'm gonna go with here for. Oh gosh, man, I can't make up my mind. All right, so I'm gonna go with the Denver Nuggets as the fifth likeliest team mm. to to get there. Okay, I I like that. I like their path a little bit more than other teams' path to the finals. Um, if I'm just looking, if, if if things all bounced the way that we just talked about, where the Lakers were like the sixth seed, you know, they'd all all they'd have to do is beat Portland in the first round, and then they'd have Utah in the second round. And personally, I like Denver better than Utah. I think Jokic is just he's just too in that series. Jokic would be the best player. And I'm going to roll with the best player. And I think he's too much of a head case to handle. And then they could end up in the Western Conference Finals again. And now they've got this more complete team. I do think that Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray are getting better as we get you know further along in the season. Um, they, they've been... Michael Porter Jr. has been on a tear as of late um, from, from beyond the arc. And so I'm going to go with the Nuggets as my fifth likeliest team. It just seems like uh, Jokic is... He might be the MVP this year. He really might be the MVP, and it, it just feels like it's a weird season where injuries have happened a lot, and they've been fortunate enough to be healthy and, yeah. and play together all season, and that that might just be like enough to... like Again, they're my fifth most likely team, so it's, not probably, it's probably not going to happen, but it would be... If there's a sleeper team out there to to go and win a championship, I feel like it might be the Nuggets this year. Yeah, I really like that pick. That's a, that's a good one. I missed there, but uh, no, I was I was contemplating between honestly the other two teams. I was contemplating. It still wasn't even the Jazz. It was um, hmm, it was okay. the Suns and the Heat. Oh, okay. I like <laughs> I, both those teams too. I yeah. really like. I think it really depends on where the Lakers get seated. Yeah. Um, because Phoenix, if they don't have to. If they, they don't have to play the Lakers until the finals, 
um, then who knows? Maybe Anthony Davis goes down with the injury or something, and they like are able to pull out some crazy win. Yeah, I, I like the Suns a lot. Chris Paul's never been to a finals, and and that's, um, you know, who knows? That that may change, that may not. But I just I like their core and their coach and the way they play together. It's just a really well structured team, I think. Yeah. Um, anyway, those are those are just some thoughts. I'll go to my number four team. I'm gonna say the oh who who did I have the Clippers. Okay. I'm gonna say the Clippers as my number four team. A spot lower than me. A spot lower than than you had them. I I think this is another like they have a great shot at winning the title this year. But when I talk about the teams that I have above them, I just don't think they have what some of those teams have. I think they're you know the Kawhi Paul George duo is one of the best in the league. Um, I don't know if they're if I like their depth as much, but I think if they are if Rondo brings what I think he'll bring in that veteran leadership and they're able to play up to the potential, I don't think they've played up to the potential that they could be yet as a team. But if they're able to put that together with the help of veteran leadership like Rondo or with Ty Lue there, um, I don't know. I, I they they on paper make sense as a as a title as a championship team. So it just is going to take things truly meshing on the court um, and someone taking the lead of that team. Number three, I've got Philly. So I swapped your two. You had okay. you had, you had had Philly four, yeah. Clippers three. I swapped them. Okay. I just don't think there's a better – there. I mean, I know there's not a better defensive team in the league, and I, I don't think there is anyone that can guard Joel Embiid. No, there's really not, yeah. And when you look at the Eastern Conference, like, I know Brooklyn is, you know, they are the, they're basically the favorites, but it, Philly could, I mean, Philly could really take it to them on the offensive end of the ball. I mean, like, I know, I know Brooklyn's going to have an answer for just about everything because of the three guys they have, yeah. but they don't have an answer on defense for, for Joel Embiid. I no. mean, they, they really, and because Philly's defense is so good, they they may really surprise the Nets in this first season they have together because I I just don't they're a very well constructed team too now and and I think their team has constructed where they just have shooters surrounding Simmons and Embiid is like that's the that's the peak that's what you want this team to be yeah I, yeah I don't see anybody on Brooklyn's anyone on Brooklyn stopping him yeah at no, all. Like definitely not DeAndre Jordan and who else do they have uh, Mark Aldridge now yeah they yeah. bought him on buyouts yeah I yeah. don't see either, either of those the guys. buyout squad yeah I mean like yeah like, honestly none of those guys are gonna like give you incredible defensive minutes no definitely not so I, I also swapped one and two so I've got the Lakers two okay. and I've got the Nets one I, I just don't think you can discount the the big three of Brooklyn this is just assuming that they're at full strength. I think they're going to win it. They, they would win the championship. But um, I think it's also very possible that they won't be at full strength. I think Kyrie has a a really rough injury history. He hasn't been hurt this year, but that's also just because he hasn't been playing a ton this year. Um, and then Durant, I, I don't know. Is he going to come back the same? He's been out for a very long time now. And I know he's had the luxury to sit out because James Harden has been leading this team so well, but I don't know, man. I, I just, like, I worry about can they survive a full playoff run 
with this big three because I the injury history is is really the only thing holding them back in my opinion and their defense for sure and I think with the Lakers I would have them number one but the same reasons for them like the Anthony Davis thing is is worrisome like he's never had a great track record with injuries either and so if he goes down the Lakers could still win a title I just don't know if they like if they could beat Brooklyn at full strength yeah uh, I don't I don't think so either and it's just, um, it almost just seems kind of like a battle of who can stay healthy almost. Honestly, I like, think so. Like who can get through the, you know, the gauntlet of the playoffs and come out unscathed. Yep. I, I, because I don't, I, I think if everyone's healthy, I think most people would, would agree that the, the Nets are the, like, they're the best team in basketball. Um, and the Lakers are like, they're, the Nets are 1A, the Lakers are 1B, or you could flip that. But, um, I don't think everyone's going to be at full strength. I think there's going like there's always a big playoff injury, and I I just with all these contenders that we're talking about, it would be like even Embiid we were just complimenting. He's he's been out for quite some time now too, so it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see who actually stays healthy because that that seems to always affect the playoffs, and and you can just never take everything at face value like everybody's gonna be healthy. Yeah, no, and. That's so true, and I mean, if you just look back at like the last, you know, five or so championships, like there's probably at least three of them I can think off the top of my head, you know, where a significant player or number of players were injured, and yeah. that, you know, negatively affected a team, and they ended up, you know, losing. Like the Heat last year, right? They had a few injuries to their starting lineup. They ended up losing. Yeah. The year before that, you know, Golden State. That's had, right. Had you know two of their guys out. And, you know, the Raptors ended up winning. And it almost just kind of, yeah, it always just seems like a battle of um, who can who can stay healthy and make it to the finals. It's really, like, I mean, it really always affects who wins the championship. I, I mean, uh, nine times out of ten, it's going to affect. Even, even back when the Cavs won their championship, Draymond Green getting suspended. Like, that that's an uncontrolled variable. You just can't, you can't plan for that significantly. I think led to the Cavs winning that championship. So, um, yeah, it'll be real interesting to see. But that's gonna—I think that's gonna do it for for our talk today, Alex. It's it's a pleasure as always. We're gonna do this more often now. Yeah, no, it'll be good. Um, it's exciting to have our first episode of Kings of the Court, man. That's yeah. right. That's right. I'm I I'm hoping to get like some listener feedback, maybe some mailbag questions. Ooh, okay. We yeah. can I we can, we can do this for real. Yeah, I would uh, be down to do a mailbag episode. I well, you heard that, folks. Send in your <laughs> questions. Alex is dying to answer them. It could be about anything. Ask him about his personal life. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening. Don't um, don't forget go like and subscribe this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You know the deal. Thank you all once again. <laughs>